listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 7th of June 2022. Later, a special on the outlook for buy now, pay later. But first to the big story of the day, and that is interest rates. The Reserve Bank's biggest lift in the official cash rate in 22 years. It surprised the market with a 50 basis point increase to 0.85% in the official cash rate. It's an attempt to surge, uh, to tame runaway inflation. Of course, one of the biggest impact will be on um, the monthly repayments on mortgages. So, for example, that 50 basis point increase means that the average $500,000 loan on a 25-year period will see the mortgage repayment for the month increase by $133. For more on what it means. I spoke earlier with Bessa Detta from St. George. Bessa, 50 basis points. I think that was a bit more than expected because the share market fell quite dramatically after that. Currency markets rose. Why do you think it went that hard? Yes, certainly markets weren't fully priced for 50 basis points. But I think the RBA decided to go for 50 basis points because since they last met, it's clear that inflationary pressures continue to build. The unemployment rate has dropped even further. And economic activity data last week showed that there is a very robust economic expansion underway. And the mix of those factors suggest the RBA needs to go harder and faster. They now join other major central banks around the world, including the Fed, um, as well as our neighbour, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, in moving 50 basis points. So just how much of a problem do you think inflation is going to be? Because I noticed that your colleagues at Westpac today said that uh, they expect it to peak later at 6.6%, likely in the December quarter, because of these uh, rising energy, electricity, petrol prices. We do think the annual rate of inflation can continue to rise to above 6.5% towards the end of this year before it starts to gradually come down. But importantly, Ricardo, I think the inflation rate is going to remain above the Reserve Bank's 2 to 3% target ban for all of this year and most of next year. And that's the sticky problem for the RBA and most likely also why they needed to go in harder today. So given that rates are going to stay above the RBA's target ban, what does it mean for future rate rises? How hard will it go? How high will it go? Well, look, we do expect that the Reserve Bank will need to continue raising rates, and certainly that was the messaging implicit in today's RBA statement. We're looking for several more rate rises before the end of this year to take the cash rate to over 1.75%. The markets are far more aggressive. They see a cash rate of a bit over 2.75% uh, just before the RBA's decision, uh, and we can expect further rate rises as we move into next year as well. So the key question is, can Australians, especially borrowers, afford this rate rise, whether it be this current uh, 50 basis point rise or let's just assume that there's a a rate of 2.5% by the end of next year, can they afford these rate rises? 
Well, many households have actually built up large buffers. Um, We've seen the household savings ratios well above the long-run average. And also some analysis done by the Reserve Bank shows that on average, um, households with a variable mortgage rate are ahead of their repayments by 21 months, which is much better than 10 months prior to the pandemic. We've also got a very tight labour market. So that will be very helpful um, as, you know, rates move higher. That's not to say that some households won't undergo stress, uh, but, you know, emergency cash rate settings, um, and and that's where we were at, um, at a cash rate of 0.1% just a bit over a month ago, is certainly not appropriate when inflation's well above the inflation's, the RBA's target ban, economic activities expanding quickly and the unemployment rates near a 48-year low. Finally, and I guess there's this argument to be had, though, how do you explain to the average person that interest rates need to rise at the same time we're seeing increases in consumer prices and the cost of living? Well, I guess, um, you know, one of the ways in which you can tackle inflationary pressures is by raising rates. So if the RBA waits and doesn't raise rates, then inflation becomes a much stickier problem and much harder to contain. So um, the best um, path forward for an economy is to have certainty around the inflation outlook. And so the RBA has a target ban of 2 to 3% for inflation and it shifts the cash rate lever to try and achieve inflation outcomes that are within that band. Now, we're well outside of that band and so the RBA is trying to slow demand in order to tame inflation and inflation expectations. Besser data there from St. George, of course, uh, rising interest rates are good news for uh, savers, rather, for savers. Um, But there was some interesting research from the team at CanStar, which says that savers take longer to reap the benefits of rising interest rates, with only 61% of banks and financial services companies that it follows increasing personal savings rates since the first rate rise. So uh, that's the implication for for savers as well. But what does this all mean for share markets? Well, today the S&P A6200 fell by 1.5%, the market really falling after the the Reserve Bank decision. For more, I spoke earlier with Catherine Alfrey from Wavestone Capital. Well, initially this strain stock market actually got sold down, of course, because I think only about three economists were looking for uh, 50 basis points. And with this actual current level of 85 basis points, that's actually higher than where we were when COVID hit us in March 2020. Uh, so we're well and truly beyond that emergency settings level. And I guess what's concerning the Australian stock market is just the speed of the rate uh, increase. Uh, so we had one last month, now this month. Uh, it's not a gentle increase. It's just reaction uh, to what's happening in terms of inflation globally. And really, the Reserve Bank wants to get uh, inflation back into that band that they talk about, that 2 to 3%. But, um, you know, the, the impact clearly on the stock market was negative. How hard is the market now expecting the RBA to continue lifting? Yeah, I mean, it all is going to be, um, depend on how the data um, comes out in terms of the uh, actual economic data uh, and particularly the inflation uh, numbers they'll be focused on. Um, but it's all reaction to what's happening, obviously, with the Ukraine war, with commodity prices going through the roof, uh, that feeding energy prices, particularly feeding into inflation numbers. And now, of course, in Australia, wage inflation. So we're 
talking, you know, 5.1% matching the CPI. Uh, and, and we just had the New South Wales government um, increase their public servant wages. And so, you know, the Reserve Bank is reacting to that. The other question too is, you know, still net migration is negative in this country. And so we desperately need more workers to um, increase labour supply um, to get um, inflation under control as well. So what does this mean for investments and market returns when we start seeing interest rates rising and, and now more aggressively, I guess, than first thought? Look, we've been in this sort of somewhat bear market for some time. Um, in terms of not the overall Australian stock market's actually performed exceptionally well versus global markets. But if you look at the US market, it's down 20%. Our small industrials here in Australia are down 20%. Technology shares here and offshore are more than 20%. But what's held our market up has been resources sector because of those commodity prices feeding into those uh, resource shares. Uh, and so we have seen a dramatic derating in expectation. You've got to remember the Australian stock market always looks at, you know, around 12 months ahead. Uh, of what's going to happen. And so, therefore, you know, you're always in the expectation there has been a derating of the multiple that investors are prepared to pay for, particularly industrial stocks. So in a rising interest rate environment, are there any opportunities for investors? Oh, look, we're always trying to find opportunities. Uh, initially, people would say that you would uh, go into bank shares, and that's what's been happening in the last um, 12 months. The banks, particularly now, the CBA and Macquarie, have performed exceptionally well. Uh, but the problem is now is with rate rises moving quite fast, you know, there's obviously talk of recession in the US. Uh, I don't think we're in that position here in Australia. But, of course, house prices are probably from the peak have fallen already 10%. With these aggressive uh, rate rises by the Reserve Bank, you know, will house prices fall further? And that, therefore, will impact into, you know, the bank's profits and um, in terms of outlook, outlook for bad debts. And so, therefore, there is a question now in the market as to whether bank shares will pull back. Catherine Norfrey there from Wavestone Capital. Now, one sector which is sensitive to rising interest rates is buy now, pay later. Uh, one of those companies, Zip, was the worst performer on the ASX 200 today, uh, down around 14.4%. But, of course, this sector uh, was really loved by investors uh, over the past year and a half during the pandemic, but they've fallen out of favour. So for more, I spoke with Alex Pollock from Loftus Peak. Alex, buy now, pay later companies really were the darlings during the pandemic. Share prices of the likes of Zip and Afterpay, for example, really exploded. But the landscape has seriously changed. Why? Well, uh, because a lot of the companies, you know, it is buy now, pay later, but a lot of them, you know, they bought now and they didn't pay later. Quite literally, I'm reading from a release from, um, that was put into place by Square and it said of $644 million of total income from Afterpay for the 12 months to 20, December 21, they booked $176 million of impaired receivables. In other words, $644 million was their revenue, so to speak, of which people not paying accounted for a quarter, $176 million. So, I mean, it, it's a great transfer of wealth from, from um, people who don't pay the, you know, the Afterpay bill uh, well, transfer to them from the shareholders of Afterpay. That's not to say it's not a thing. It, it is a thing. You know, the idea of spreading your payments out over, you know, four equal payments is a terrific idea, but it's got to be properly regulated. Um, otherwise, it's just a sort of cowboy industry. But also there was that big turnaround when we started to realise that interest rates were going to start rising, right? So so what's the connection yeah. there? Well, well. Um, 
the connection there is, you know, theoretically it should be worth more, right, because you're not really paying interest, so to speak, in buy now, pay later. But it's actually worth less because, it, you know, the, the profitability, you know, time for buy now, pay later is in the future and therefore with interest rates rising, the value of those cash flows out into the future becomes worth less because they're discounted by more and so the price of the companies falls. I mean, that's the simple stuff of it, but it's, yeah, but, but that's probably a bit complex for et cetera, but yeah. Because it's, so the other- uh, let me have another crack at that answer, Ricardo, because the profitability is a long way off and therefore higher interest rates uh, make the investment worth less. The other interesting thing, and more on a consumer level, right, overnight we heard from Apple, uh, which said it is entering the buy now, pay later space uh, by incorporating its own version through its Apple Pay products, although it's only happening in the US for now anyway. But when something like that happens, a company like Apple, which has serious market reach, what does it say about the future of buy now, pay later and the sector right now? So, So buy now, pay later is a real thing. And as, as I say, as long as it's properly regulated, it's a terrific thing. And for a company like Apple, which is looking to extend its, as it were, reach into the financial services world, and you already see that through Apple Pay, it's a logical extension of that. Um, you know, you, you can bet that they won't be booking a quarter of their revenue as non-payables or, you know, things that are not paid, you know, where people who use the service don't pay, they will have it regulated themselves such that, you know, when you use Apple Pay, you will be paying. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it, you know, for Apple, it makes a lot of sense. So finally, what do you think is the future for Buy Now, Pay Later, and especially for those, those listed companies? Well, I think the listed companies, to your point earlier, are, are impacted by rising interest rates because their profitability is further out and higher interest rates make those companies worth less. Um, as I say, it's still a thing, but there, there's going to have to be a lot of kind of tighter regulation written around it to convince investors that, that the buy now, pay later sector is a worthwhile um, thing to invest in. I mean, since uh, Square bought Afterpay, the value of Square has dropped by more than 50%. So, you know, that's the market's judgment on the value of the Afterpay Square merger and Afterpay's definitely a part of that. Alex Pollock there from Loftus Peak. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. Content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.